Hello, my friends, and welcome again to the Deeper Daily Podcast. It's the ninth day of December. I'm Paul, and it's a Saturday. Saturday is the day we tell you what to look for if you are anticipating our Sunday full-length sermon. Well, you can watch for the sermon titled, We Begin With Hope. This is the second week of Advent, so I'm airing for you the sermon we preached on the first Sunday of Advent, last Sunday, and that was the third day of December. We will preach the second sermon of Advent tomorrow at the Garden Church of the Midlands in Irmo, South Carolina, our home church, and we'll step aside and let uh, a young man in our church preach the third Sunday, and I'll be back to preach the fourth Sunday on Christmas Eve. I'm going to air those for you in order, of course, I, uh, on that third one, without me speaking, I will drop in a different sermon that we have in reserve, uh, but that will, that will be uh, in a couple of weeks. Before then, let's tell you about the one tomorrow. If you, I don't know where you are in your familiarity with the season of Advent. Many of you come from various Christian backgrounds. If you come from a background of um, a lot of Protestantism and most of Catholicism, then you you come from churches that celebrated in some way, or at least acknowledged, the season of Advent, the season of waiting that is the season in front of our day of Christmas. Uh, if you come from some evangelical backgrounds like myself, you probably didn't do much of anything with Advent as a season, uh, maybe not lighting of the candles, maybe not observing the days leading up to the, the Christmas season, um, and so maybe it's a little less familiar with you. Well, I'm trying to capture a little bit of that and embrace it as much as I can, and the Advent season kicks off with the thought of hope, and you light the first candle in a darkened world as just the first flicker of hope, and of course, we're talking about Jesus's arrival. Advent also looks forward to his return, but we are talking about in this season the hope that came with knowing Jesus was coming, and now I like to approach it through the lens of the hope that we have now that Jesus has come. So this sermon, we, we ministered from the Old Testament prophet, prophet Isaiah, Isaiah 9. Uh, then I go to Zechariah because I love Zechariah as a prophet, and I think he encapsulates in, in different language the same thing Isaiah is saying. And then we give you a little bit of the New Testament as the Apostle Paul shows us hope through a New Testament lens. Of course, it's all about Jesus from the very get-go in this sermon. We talk about Christ and why we are a people of hope. It's because of the Jesus that we know. The sermon is titled, We Begin With Hope. Video is available at our YouTube page, PWM, also at our website, paulwhiteministries.com. Our ministry also has a Facebook page, Paul White Ministries. You can catch everything that we put up there. If you're audio only, wherever you're listening to this podcast, you can listen to the audio of We Begin With Hope. I really, really enjoyed this one. Not not only did I enjoy preaching it, I really enjoyed it on the playback, on the edit, which is not always the case for me. But this one I did and thought we had captured something there that's exciting about the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. And I hope that you sense that, feel that as well. Let's get back into our journey through the Gospel of Luke today. We've arrived at the 12th verse of Luke 5. While he was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. 
there's several skin diseases. Let me break in here and just remind you that there's it, a lot of skin diseases of the old world get listed as leprosy. So it's a little difficult to know exactly what skin disease this person had, but what we can be sure of is that it, from a Jewish perspective, it made them ceremonially unclean. It could also be disfiguring, and in extreme cases, leprosy could be fatal. Uh, quarantine was the only true defense against the disease spreading. Now, it was actually kind of hard to catch, but the ancient world doesn't seem to have that understanding. We now know that leprosy, as we know it, is is difficult to catch. But um, that they may not have been quite as aware of that, and they refrained from touch with a leper. Jesus, and I'm not trying to claim he knew it wasn't hard to catch. I'm really trying to claim that because he's Jesus, he's not scared to touch a leper. And so it's not unusual for Jesus to, to do what he's about to do. Let's keep reading. When he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. And so here's Jesus unafraid to touch the leper because Jesus knows who he is. He knows the power that he has. And he's listening to his father. So in touching the leper, he isn't afraid he's going to contract leprosy, but he knows he's the antidote. He's the cure for that leprosy, and it leaves immediately. And he charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as Moses commanded for a proof to them. I like to say that Luke 5.14 is a perfect example of moments when Jesus is speaking into the old covenant world and you don't have to take it as a new covenant command. Now, those are rare moments, I will say, rare moments, because I think, I think sometimes we're letting ourselves off the hook a bit with some of the things Jesus says by saying, oh, well, I don't have to do that. Oh, I don't have to turn the other cheek. That's Old Covenant. Actually, no. Old Covenant was eye for eye, tooth for tooth. So Jesus isn't in the Sermon on the Mount trying to give you stuff you don't have to do. He's showing you what the kingdom looks like. But there are moments when he gives you instruction that is obviously within the confines of the Old Covenant. We don't have a priest. We don't have to go into um, skin cleansing ritual sacrifice because we don't even have sacrifices. And so verse 14 is a Jewish man speaking to a Jewish man inside of a Jewish context. So that's an example of a moment where Jesus speaks and you go, well, that's he's definitely talking to him under an old covenant. Verse 15, but now even more, the report about him went abroad and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. And of course crowds gathered because he's healing. And this is one of the things we said this few days ago, that Jesus didn't want people to get a revelation who he was out of the voice of demons because it was the equivalent of people getting a revelation of Jesus through miracles. He, they don't, it doesn't hold because once the miracles stop, people are done with you. It's what can I get from you instead of who are you? And so Jesus, be quiet about it. It's not just because he's not here just to heal, it's because I think the revelation needs to be a revelation of love, forgiveness, no condemnation, not simply the miraculous. And so he, he withdraws. Part of the desolate place withdrawal is so that he is alone, but it's almost always to pray as well. We'll pick it up right here in verse 17. Check out We Begin With Hope tomorrow. See you then. God bless.